Hey, this is Val Selby, and after over 20 years online, I can track where my mindset has blocked me. If procrastination, imposter syndrome, and a lack of focus have been blocking your biz, then Val Full Volume is here to help you see choices you are making. Get ready to use your expertise to collaborate like a pro as you create the business of your dreams. Now is the time to make changes and live your best life. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. So I've already been chatting with my guests a little bit behind and I swear I didn't have a ton of coffee. So, but I feel like I did because it's like blah, 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 already. So this will be really good. But I was telling Emily, I swear she's in my head when I'm looking at her website. So I can't wait to have this conversation with you, Emily, because like we were talking before, listeners know <laughs> that I love having people on here because I'm getting just as much information out of all of the gas. Sometimes I feel like I'm getting more. And that's why I come in to share. That's part of my expertise is sharing. So thank you for being here, Emily. And I can't wait to dig into this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We're going to have so much fun. I love it because I mean, bringing people on and they know what their expertise is. It's like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Emily, would you tell my listeners about yourself and what you do? Yes, for sure. So I am a course creation expert, also known as a transformation architect. I've been called a course doula. I feel like I go by a lot of different titles. (laughs) But basically what I love doing, what my zone of genius is, is taking all of that juicy brilliance that's in your brain and kind of Marie Kondoing it into an intentional offer, scalable program, offer ecosystem, so that you can really help more people get them more results without like putting more stuff on your calendar. Because I know like people who are such talented service providers and you're like, I have so much to give. I have so much to share, but I don't want to just like fire hose my people with everything that's in my brain because that sounds like a nightmare. Because some of us have done that and it is a nightmare. It is a nightmare. I think we've all experienced it. We're all like, okay, what are all the things I know? And then you're like, ooh, this is a little bit like opening the door and hearing internal screaming. Like we don't want that. So how do we actually architect it into a program that gets results, that gets people to the transformation that we feel confident in, that we're like, I'm so excited to deliver this because it feels like me. It doesn't feel like someone else. I know one thing that I have struggled with over the well, since I realized it, so probably the last five years is trying to help too much with everything, right? Mm-hmm. So much information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like all the things. Yeah. It's like, if you give everybody all of the information, they take none of it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's because often we're like, I just want to teach you all the things. I want to give you all the information. I want to give you all the content. And it comes from this place of love, this place of like, I really, really want to help. And the hardest thing is to remind ourselves that like information doesn't actually help anyone. Like transformation doesn't come from information. Transformation comes from being able to take action and being able to implement. And often when we give people too much information, it muddies the waters and people are like, okay, this is great. (laughs) I feel really inspired, but what am I supposed to do? And then they just don't do anything versus if we can give people like two really core action steps and a little like sprinkling of info so that they know how to take action, that's when it really becomes a game changer. Yeah. And I know because you're not the first one that's come into my circle (laughs) with more of this training and teaching, and you're coming from a teaching background, right? 
Yeah. So I got my start in the kind of corporate space as a learning designer. So I originally thought I was going to be a teacher and I was like, yeah, no, that's not for me. And in the corporate space or even in like academia, it is so common to know that just because you're a subject matter expert doesn't mean you know how to teach it. And so you bring in people like me where my role is to like, you're the subject matter expert and I am taking all of that expertise and helping you craft it into how do you teach it? How do you present it? How do you support people? And so that was kind of like my jam for a couple of years. And I was designing like courses and workshops and certification programs at like universities, governments, corporations, but the subject matter started to really like drain my soul. Like it was like <laughs> compliance training and like workplace bullying and hazardous materials and mold and stuff. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I need something more invigorating. And that's really when I started transitioning to the entrepreneurial space. Cause I was like, wow, people are doing such cool things. Like how can I help them? Yeah. And you nailed it on one thing that I've loved talking to so many different women that have come from corporate world or academia. And you said it's well known in that format, in that niche, that this is what you do. And yet here in entrepreneurial world, we think, well, we're supposed to like be born with everything, I think. Yeah, but we know how to do, therefore we know how to teach. And it's so funny because like in our businesses, we are very like, I think the thing that most people cling to is I don't know how to market. I don't know how to sell. I better hire a copywriter, hire a marketing coach, hire this, that, or the other, which is like great to recognize when you don't have as much confidence in those things. And yet for other stuff, we feel like we just inherently are like, yeah, of course I should know. I'm an expert. Therefore I should be able to package this up and teach it. And it's like, oh no, no, no. that's a whole different skill set. And it's totally okay to recognize that you don't have it. Like very few people are natural inherent teachers. And I think anyone, even someone with a ton, I've been doing this for over a decade. And sometimes when I'm designing my own courses, I still need an external set of eyes because you get so close to your expertise. Everything feels like second nature to you. And you don't know what like the gaps are that someone else might need help with or something that so often this happens with my clients. They're like, oh, that's not even that important. Like whatever. And I'm like, that is like a gem. <laughs> this is a treasure that we need to pull out and celebrate. Like this is huge. <laughs> yeah, because it's all those little things that I mean, that's why we're teaching it is because it comes natural and easy. And it's already in our brain and flowing and everybody else is going, wait, 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 back. What? Back up. <laughs> like record scratch moment. Like, wait, <laughs> like that was like life changing for me. And you're like, exactly. oh, I, like, I didn't even think about that. Right, right. Yeah. So listening to you say that, it sounds like you are able to look at that from outside coming in and being able to point out more of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Because really, it's almost better if the less I know about your subject matter area. Like when I work with clients, because I'm like, I am usually in the shoes of your client, where like the person that you're trying to teach, where I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I understand this, walk me through these steps. And like, the kind of role of someone like me, the role of a learning designer is to look at the experience you're crafting from so many different lenses. So there's the lens of like, just the base level learner, how do we go from point A to point B, like step by step and make sure that we're not missing any gaps. We're not missing any things because sometimes this happens all the time. I see in courses when I'm doing audits, it's like, oh yeah, just fill out this workbook. And it's like, okay, but have you walked through examples? Have you walked through how to fill out the workbook? Have you walked out like best practices? Because a lot of entrepreneurs are perfectionists and if they can't do it right the first time, they're not going to do it at all. And that applies to homework and courses too. Oh yeah. It's like premeditating those barriers, but also looking at it through the lens of like, if someone was neurodivergent, how do we make this accessible for them? If someone has experienced trauma, what needs to be in place in our programs? Like there's so many different lenses that need to come in 
to make an experience transformational. And it's unrealistic to think that we could do that for ourselves. Like it, we are naturally inherently so fused with our genius that like, it's very hard to pull yourself out and go, okay, wait, how do I architect this all? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I remember back a few years ago on another website, I brought in a Pinterest manager and (laughs) she went to my website and she's just like, I don't even know what you do. And (laughs) of course, in my brain, I'm like, what you talking about? You know? She's like, I really, and she went through and did a, like a video audit of it and all that. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, oh, oh, I see. <laughs> like, I get this now. And it's like, it's, it's just, it's almost like a different like cultural practice where everyone is different. Everyone does things differently. And so for us, what's so like, well, yeah, obvious. You just do it this way for someone else. It's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Can you redefine your terms? Can you like, tell me what's happening here? <laughs> all right. Where am I starting? And what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, hey, what are these things? <laughs> yeah. I know there's been times where I've asked people that I know really aren't even in the online space and I've had them go take a look at things. And that's even more eye opening, especially have my husband go to a website and he is Mr. Don't like tech unless it's YouTube and mm-hmm. have him go to something and he's just like, where, what, huh? <laughs> I'm like, Thank you. That's the feedback I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, like, wait, what's happening here? And I think it's so interesting. I don't know, like, you're you're such a big proponent for this of, like, knowing your people and, like, who are you talking to? And it's the same thing when we're designing these learning journeys. Because in the same way, if someone is a beginner, we want to make sure, like you said, like, they're like, wait, what? What am I looking at? What am I? How does this make sense? And on the other hand, very often, people are also supporting people with their programs that aren't absolutely like baby beginners. And so it's all about knowing like, who is your person and what do they already have? What skills are they already bringing? What knowledge are they already bringing? What like mindset are they bringing with them? It's like what's in their backpack already before they set off on this adventure and what's missing so that we can literally lay the pathway at their feet, like step by step. Yeah, because it's a completely different conversation. Completely different. I mean, I ran into somebody yesterday and we started talking. And so then I'm asking, do we have a website? Because she was at her job and she's like under her breath, well, I really want to quit and just do it all full time. I'm like, well, do you have a website? Are you taking clients? No. I'm like, okay, totally different conversation with her, right? Versus somebody else that's already going in here. We're going to start a course. You're getting going. You got confidence. Yeah, exactly. Because it it brings in so many layers of what kind of context are they bringing in, but like motivation, what they need. In the beginning, I find beginners really need super bite-sized, spoon feed them, literally say, you're going to do this action step with this template, with this piece. But the more experienced someone is, the more that they actually want that nuance. They want that complexity. They don't want you to distill it down because they're like, I can't fit into a framework. Whereas someone who's newer is like, give me a framework, please. (laughs) (laughs) And someone who's more advanced is like, don't tell me what to do. Like, (laughs) like, tell me how to think, help me like kind of explore. Right. And that leads me back to looking at your website, because when I was looking at your Let's Marie Kondo Your Brain, for one, absolutely talking to me because I've been Marie Kondoing my office for the last, (laughs) (laughs) the last six days. So I was like, oh, wow. But then when you talked about the no more courses on courses, and it's all about marketing, I went, oh, my God, that's every one of them. I go there and I want, not necessarily, like you said, a framework, but just how am I going to create this and how am I going to make it so they want to engage? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
and not just market. <laughs> yeah. And not just market. And it's so funny because that is like really like why I started my business in the online space is because I was seeing all of these marketers creating these courses on courses where it was like, step one, come up with a topic. Step two, dump out everything you know and just make a course. Steps three to 17, here's how to build a funnel and, and market it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes, we need marketing strategies sometimes, <laughs> but we need to have a product or an offer that we believe in, that we're confident in, that we know is going to get people results. Like that's where the bulk of our time should go, mm -hmm. especially because like when you design a really strong offer, people are going to go through it. They're going to get results. They're going to tell all their friends. They're going to shout about it from the rooftops. That's the best marketing strategy out there. <laughs> yes, you can get fancy with funnels and launches and like all that stuff, but my approach to marketing has always been like, you're a human wanting to help other humans. So talk to them like a human and it's going to work out. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now my brain's, I got to be present. Now my brain's going, oh wait, one of your workshops is not talking to a certain new market for exactly that reason. It's okay. Now we're going to go create that. And there's no step-by-step -step for the creating that. It's a checklist, but it's not helping him through that process. Yeah. I, I need to go yeah. do another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when we cover that. And it's really, it's so natural that when we're like, oh, well, like, this is what people are asking for. This is what we need. But it's like, we want to make sure it'd be like trying to build a piece of Ikea furniture and you're missing half the pieces. It's like, oh yeah, I wanted to build this chair. And it's like, yep, no seat for you. It's like, we need to teach them all of the pieces. And I just noticed that so often, like I would have, my clients would come to me after investing. Some of them were in these like 20, $30,000 programs that are all about like launching and like having these like high ticket group programs. And they would come to me and they'd be like, yeah, like the marketing side of it was great, but I still have no idea what my program is. I'm not confident in it. I don't know that like my people are going to get results. And it's like, yeah, we need to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm doing the huge air quotes of how many workshops I have bought to create your signature program. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, still don't have a clue. Okay. Thanks. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I find so many people are just regurgitating what they've seen others do. And it's like the people kind of at the top of the copying are not educational experts. They're not transformation experts. They're marketing experts. So they're just like, I'm going to pick something that's super juicy, super sexy that someone wants. And then I'm just going to kind of brain dump on it. And they're also not talking about, look at how I designed this course and all the amazing results my students got. They're like, look at how I designed this course and look how much money I made. And it's like, that tells me people came into your course, but it doesn't tell me anything about how they came out of it. Yeah. And that's the difference for heart-centered entrepreneurs where it's like, yeah, we love the idea of create an offer in a weekend, like whip it up in 24 hours, like outline it and get it up for sale. And what ends up happening is you feel like something's wrong with you when you're like, oh, wait, this is taking longer. Or I started trying to pre-sell this thing and now I'm so stressed about how we deliver it and I don't know what I'm going to deliver. And it's because in the real world, that's not how it works. <laughs> mm -hmm. You need months, like literally months to map out and design and build an offer. And that's just the reality of it. Can you put it onto a consolidated timeline? If you have absolutely nothing else going on and you have like so much caffeine, but what's the <laughs> point? Like, why do you want to like rush something that's that important and that integral to your business? Yeah. And I know one of the other aspects of that was there's been plenty of times I have thrown together a workshop, especially like something that was like a squirrel, you know, squirrel over there because somebody asked for something. So I made a workshop for the one person that ever asked me about it. And then I wasn't happy with it because I did it so fast. Mm -hmm. But of course, I'm not marketing it. 
Yeah. yeah. I wasn't proud of it. <laughs> You're not proud of it. You don't feel good about it. Or I see this all the time with like clients where like they literally like, cringe when people buy it, if it's still up for sale at all, because they're like, oh, I'm going to get like a refund request or someone's going to hate it. And it's like, if you feel that way about something, either you have an offer and you're not marketing it, or you have an offer and you like kind of low key or stressed when people buy it, that tells me that you're not like really rock solid in the curriculum and you're not really feeling good about the structure. And again, there's nothing wrong with that because you haven't been taught. Like this is not like a common thing. Like people often think about like, oh, I need a copywriter for my website or I need a graphic designer. I need launch strategy. Like these are all things we know we need. And a lot of people don't realize like, yeah, this whole thing around architecting an offer, it's a whole area of expertise that we all need. <laughs> we just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think because a lot of people, we don't even know it's a thing. We're just, yeah. and the hilarious thing is I'm just changing the tagline for the podcast to uncoaching the decades of biz BS. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Because that is what I have been doing and what you were talking about. All of that garbage that we're told, this is how you have to do everything. It's garbage. I literally like wrote this email like raging to my list the other week that I was like, this is what I hate about my business. And I was like, I hate, it's like a love-hate thing. I hate that so much of my business is undoing the damage that has been done by all these bro and boss babe marketer people that are like sitting, I call it like the health, wealth, sex kind of the holy trinity of marketing where they're like, look, I've made all of this money making money. Or I've made all this money selling sex or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's great for you. But you're now teaching the exact same really toxic, really problematic principles. And then people are either trying them and burning out and then shutting down their business where they're trying them and going, this doesn't feel good. And then kind of floundering. Right. And it's like, actually, like there are no rules. <laughs> you can literally fucking make it up. <laughs> like, and it will work. <laughs> like, I think that's the thing that I wish people would like. Oh. Yeah. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, if there was one way to do business, we'd all be doing it that exact same way. Just like if there was a magic weight loss pill, we would all be taking it. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? There's no magic out there. Everything is different. Every person is different. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the weight loss thing because I very often compare the course creation industry to the fitness industry because in the fitness industry, the people that you see selling all those lose weight fast, it's the same way to take this pill or only drink celery juice or do these things yeah. and you'll lose 50 pounds in a month. And it's that same energy of, yeah, buy our webinar, pay $3,000 for our course and you'll be, you'll be making like passive income, sipping margaritas on the beach within like a month. And it's like the unsexy part of the fitness industry is like, you need to eat balanced. You need to move your body in a way that you love. And it's going to take time. And over time, you're going to adapt in a way that feels good for your body. And the unsexy truth of the course creation side of things is that passive income is bullshit. I know, right? There's no thing of passive income. Like there is spacious income. There is scalable income. There is income that feels more passive. But this is something I say to my clients all the time. I'm like, anything you create, your course, your workshop, your toolkit, you should be updating that every so often. Not like every couple of months, but like at least every couple of years. It's a living, breathing thing. You're evolving, you're growing, you're learning more. Therefore, your offers are going to grow and change more. Like I myself am updating all of my courses this year because I was like, I have new things I want to add in and adapt to the ecosystem. And so it's not just like one and done whip it out really quick, which is why it's even more important to take the time. Right. And there's so many times that, I mean, we can relook at it. I mean, because yeah, like I said, I am needing a prequel to one of my favorite workshops and that just turns into a funnel. 
right? Because now I've got the prequel to bring in the new people, and then they can go to the other one and they'll have that understanding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think as entrepreneurs, one of our gifts is we see the connections and we're like, oh, well, people need this in order to do this, in order to do this. And all of a sudden, the scope just starts turning into this like giant snowball of like, oh, how am I supposed to do this? And it's the reminder is always it's okay to draw the scope to say, hey, in this workshop, this is the goal of this workshop. Here's how I'm going to get you there. You're going to have the most success if you've already done ABC. If you don't have ABC, check out this other workshop or check out this program and an affiliate. We can always draw boundaries to keep things realistic. It's not about having to give people everything all at once. It's just about telling them, here's how I'm going to support you in this specific scope. And if you need things outside of scope, here's how to find the answers. Here's right. where to go. Here's where to go. Yeah. And I think that's something that we often forget. It's like, it's okay if you don't solve everything in one offer. It's actually, I think more than okay, because it's more authentic. Mm-hmm. And people are gonna be like, oh, okay. I mean, even if you're sending them to another person with an affiliate link or something, it's like, it's that authenticity that you're like, I can't help you, but I know who can. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is my zone of genius. This is what I'm really good at. Or this is what I love. Because also sometimes there are things we're good at, but it kills our soul. And it's like, that's okay. If you don't want to do that and say that, like, I know I'm best serving you and best serving the world when I'm focusing on the things I absolutely love. Like when I was in the corporate space, I would actually build out people's courses for them. So I do all the slides, all the workbooks, I'd edit the videos, because it's just kind of like a one-stop shop in the corporate world. And when I first started my business, I was like, oh, I'll do that too. And I was like, oh, wait, I hate this. (laughs) I love the learning design. I love the curriculum structure. I love the strategy. I love the architecture of it all. I was like, I don't love the actual build out. So I don't do that. I point people to like people that I trust that do it. I have a course teaching people how to do it. I have other things, but I know that if I'm spending my time and energy building out someone's slides for them, my brain's going to bleed out of my ears and then I'm not lit up. So I'm not helping anyone. It's about being like, what lights you up? And also what are you good at? So that you can like be in best service. And you guys listening, this isn't like something you start out doing. I mean, so many, especially for services. I mean, so much of the time, I didn't know what services I was going to like or what parts of the services I would like and not like until I'm doing them. And then the fifth time I'm doing it, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this tech madness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't light me up to conquer that tech issue anymore. <laughs> so No, not at all. And I, yeah, I love that permission to evolve. I think that's the beauty of it is we don't have to stay the same. And I think that's why people are getting so sick of those marketing dudes because they're not changing. And it's the world is changing and people are like craving something different. We're craving authenticity. We're craving rawness. And I think there's this beautiful shift that's happening in the online space where people are like, we want to see the human. We don't want a picture-perfect Instagram feed filled with stock photos. We don't want you to be curated all the time. We don't want these epically huge signature courses. It's like we want to connect with the human and feel the human and show me pictures of your cat. Tell me what you want <laughs> watching. Talk to me like a human and then and share how does that come into how you show up and how you teach and like the soul that you give to your work. Yeah. And don't tell me as a newbie entrepreneur that I'm only going to work two or three hours a week. <laughs> I know. I don't know who started that. Oh, Lord. I am so overhearing that right now. It's just like, if you're only working two or three hours a week, because we'll use your expertise right here, then their course is obviously shit. Because they didn't put any time into it. <laughs> yeah, their course is great. And like, that's the other thing is like, why they're like bragging like, oh yeah, like I made this entire course like in a day. I'd be like, 
cool. No, thank you. Like, like I don't want this. Right? You mean you AI'd it? Oh my gosh. Oh, don't even get me started on using AI for courses. That'd be a whole nother episode, Val. Like, don't need to get you on that soapbox. We got enough of them, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I could say like hours on like why we don't want to do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, it, it seems like it's something that I'm seeing, but I'm hoping that more people are realizing that if you aren't coming in to work only two to three hours a week, you're not coming in to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> you just don't. You want to go be a trophy wafer. <laughs> go find yourself a sugar mama, something. <laughs> well, and I would say just to challenge that a little bit, I think it's okay if you only have two or three hours a week, depending on are you a single parent? Are you a spoonie? Do you have limitations? But I think it's like we want to balance the expectation of you. If you only have two or three hours a week, the growth is going to be way slower. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you can't have the expectation of someone who's doing 20, 30, 60, 80, 150 hours a week. But it is a time thing. And so I think it's the problem comes when people say, oh, and only like three hours a week. But often what they're not talking about is how they're exploiting someone down the line. I only work three hours a week, but I have a VA in the Philippines that I pay a dollar an hour. It's like, yeah, like that's not okay. So it's either you work less and you're exploiting or you have, maybe you are paying people a proper wage, but you've got a ton of money in the bank, which is also a layer of privilege. So I think it's all about like finding what works for you, but being realistic about your expectations. Like that, even coming to what we're talking about, how long it takes to build a course when people are like, Oh, I really want to get this done in like a month. Like you can, if that's the only thing you're doing and you have like, you don't have a lot of client delivery, you don't have family responsibilities, you don't have anything else. You can just put your head down power out the course. If you can't do that, that's fine, but you need to be realistic about how much time you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was talking, I was talking to members a while ago because I still have this bad habit. If I was going to work on a sales page for somebody, I would budget in three or four hours, right? To work on that page just to get the first draft going. For me, I expect it done in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're like, of course I can do that in 15 minutes. It's fine. And then you're like, what am I doing? Yeah, I haven't even figured out a template yet for what I'm going to use in 15 minutes. It's just, yeah, being realistic with the time for sure. And I was going to say something about being authentic too, but I can't remember because that popped into my head that when you're taking the time and digging through it, you have that time to be more authentic Mm -hmm. and lead people down and even have just a better first draft, I would assume. Yeah, well, because it's so much more grounded instead of like, I think it gives you the space to really be intentional. It gives you the space to go like, so let's say you are like, okay, I really struggle with copywriting. So I'm going to buy a template. If you're rushing, you're just going to like squish yourself into this template and it's going to end up not feeling like you. But if you have the space to intentionally go, okay, I like this, but I don't like this. or I want to shift this. It just gives you that moment to like slow down and connect and be like, okay, like, why am I feeling like I need to rush? Like, where is this coming from? Opposed to being able to really like, integrate it and be like, okay, great. Like I've got the space to connect to who do I want to be? Like, how do I want to show up? How do I want my people to feel? Who are my people? Giving yourself that space to be like, before I write anything, I really connect into whether I'm like, oh, this message is for like this client that I know needs to hear this or for like my kind of like client avatar, whatever it may be. But if you're rushing, that's usually when I like go back and I read it and I go, this kind of sounds like nothing. (laughs) What am I doing? 
when you're like in that intentional architecture of the experience. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, because like I said, I went to your, I think I'm at your services page and I'm reading it. And obviously you have a lot of thought into it because I'm looking at it going, yep, yep. Yep. She's writing to me, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what we want. Cause we want those people to be super connected. Yeah. Yeah. We want them to feel like, oh my gosh, like you're in my head and like, not in like a manipulative way, but just in a like, wow, I feel so seen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you feel so seen so that you know that when you come into that program experience, you're going to be so held. And I think it also gives us permission. Like you said, that authenticity to have realized like, we're not going to be for everyone and everyone's not going to be for us. And there's like more than enough to go around. Like there's going to be people who are like, I love your flavor. I love someone else's flavor. I want to learn from you this way so that we also don't feel like we have to show up differently. Even like when we're teaching, like I I see this a lot with my clients with like the idea of recording videos for courses, like stresses so many people out. And it's often because we feel like, okay, we're going to hit record and we have to show up and be like this perfectly curated, like expert of like, let me teach you stuff in my course. And it's like, no, you're again, you're still showing up as you like there's little tips and tricks we can do so that your teaching lands and it's engaging. But in general, it's if you want to just show up in your pajamas with your cat on your lap and be like, hey, let's talk about this thing. Awesome. Like you don't have to be someone else. If you want to be that perfectly curated person, because you're like, this is where I thrive, go for it. But don't force yourself into it. because you think that's what you're supposed to be. Once again, you're talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do anything except for live workshops for a few years because I would hit start over and over and over again because I expected perfection. I don't do anything to perfection, not anything. So it was ridiculous. But for some reason, I could get on live and no problem. I didn't matter if I was screwing up then. It's so funny, these expectations we put on ourselves, like, well, live, like, well, no one's expecting me to be perfect because I'm human. And so I'm going to like stumble over my words or need to take a drink of water. And it's, yeah, you're still human when you're being recorded. (laughs) It's still you. I mean, the tip I always share with people is just narrate what you're doing. If you're feeling nervous on video and you're like, I need to check my notes or I need water or something's happening, just say, I'm just going to check my notes real quick, or I'm just going to grab have a drink of water or oh my cat's climbing on my lap here we go yeah yeah because it's hilarious because there's the other side of I mean I have so many friends that are the exact opposite oh my god I would never do live blah 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 what if I don't know what to say I'm like well then you just sit there it's all right you know (laughs) total opposite (laughs) we put so much stress on ourselves yeah it's like (laughs) it's totally fine I think yeah we put so much pressure on ourselves We've had a lot of tidbits in here that are awesome. So I don't want to go too much because like you said, I want implementation, people. (laughs) Yeah, we want you to get that stuff that you just got from this episode and go do some. So Emily, I'm looking at your website and I know as of right now for recording, you've got a wait list for your workshops. Do you know about when those are coming out or is that a target date so it's really exciting as of this recording i am working on like a whole new brand refresh new website design it's coming out really soon it's the most gorgeous thing ever and to celebrate that i'm actually reopening up all of my courses for sale i closed them because i'm updating all the curriculum this year but i was like you know what's really fun is like letting people get in on the old price but they're going to get the full new course when it comes out so those are probably by the time this podcast comes out they're going to be open for sale And basically for me, I just really love to have ways where people can get support from me, kind of whichever budget you have, whether you want my self-study programs, which lead you through my process for like designing, building, creating your course, 
whether you want to come into my incubator, which is like a group program where you like, I'm literally coaching you through the whole process and giving you feedback along the way, or you want to work together one-to-one, but there's all sorts of goodies on my site, including some free courses to help you get started. Awesome. Perfect. Then I will make sure that all that stuff's going to be in the show notes, everybody. So once again, with any guest, you're going to have resonated with Emily or not, but you're going to want to go to her site and grab more information from her. So it's all down there in the show notes. Emily, is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with? I think the main thing I would just want to leave people with is just like whenever you're putting that pressure on yourself, whenever you're like feeling like things are feeling really hard or overwhelming or like, why isn't it working for me? A question I like to come back to is just, how could I make this almost too fun? What would make this ridiculously fun or ridiculously not easy because things do take work, but easeful. So whether it's like you're putting pressure on yourself to map out your curriculum or you're needing to record videos or show up live, or even if it has nothing to do with course creation, it's like something else in your business. Just ask yourself, what would I do if I could make this so stupidly fun? (laughs) And very often, like, that's what you should do. But it's like, oh, I would record this. I'd rent the really nice Airbnb, go record it in Airbnb, or I'd go write at a cafe, or I would just give myself permission to write it the first time and send the email and not stress about it, like whatever it may be. I think it gets to be useful and it gets to be fun. That's why we run our own businesses. Oh, that's so true. Yes. Fabulous. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much for being here, Emily. I appreciate you being here. This has been awesome fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. We'll talk to you guys again next week. 